back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holder, here with Mike Connolly. Hello. Tara Connolly. Hi. And we always just call you Crank. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that is not on your birth certificate. That's, it com- is, that's completely fine, but you can is, also... Yeah, go ahead. You can also call me Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think forever. But, but, but uh, most people, yeah. Crank. Refer to me it as is, Crank. Yeah, there is a thing where there's some, some solo artists... I refer to them by the, or I think of them by their project name, but some I think of by them of them by their actual name. Like yeah. I would never think of you as Hive Mind, right? Right. Hey, Hive Mind. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah, but like, but sometimes it's just kind of like that's that's the name. Yeah. Well, I remember we we talked about it earlier when you and PCRV came on tour. It was mm. it was two mats on tour, but yeah, I still just. I just think of you as crank. All that's how we differentiated ourselves. No, he's Matt. Um, I, I did actually have to ask Mike this morning. I was like, "What's Crank's real name?" <laughs> <laughs> like, just so I know. Mike's like, "I don't, I don't no, know." I know. He, 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 he laughed at me because we have because we have two of the most just boring names, Matt and Mike. Just yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Born in the seventies, given a seventies name. So. <laughs> crank Sturgeon is such a. Name it. I. I mean, j- it's the most boring, lame question in the world. But where did it come from? I mean, it is such a great name. Uh, yeah, it's so. Thank boring. you. I know. <laughs> no, it's such a boring question. No, 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 no name is amazing. Um, the question is boring. It. Uh, it. Uh, from. It, it goes back to art school in the early '90s for me when I was I just discovered like oh cut and paste data poetry blah 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 and futurism and all the, the things that they're feeding you in the volumes of of avant-garde stuff that no one ever dared tell you about when you were a kid um because a lot of it you know it's sort of a gateway drug to other um other art movements and then you're never going to become a capitalist so <laughs> um but uh, <laughs> so yeah for me it was like a, a data name game and uh, not as like, a, oh, I'm a Dadaist, but um, I did it as a I my very first noise tape that I made one summer. Um, I didn't want to put my own name on it. And so I signed it. I was like, well, what have I been writing lately? Oh, Crank Sturgeon. That works really well. And that and the name stuck. And so that was it. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. It's, I love it. It's bizarre as to me now as it was then. I'm like, <laughs> all right, cool. That works. So. <laughs> awesome. Right on. So. We got together today and we watched, that's right, watched, this is our first uh, full video sort of discussion here, the sound movie by Peter Leichty called Kick That Habit, which very, very heavily features Swiss experimental performance group Voice Crack. Uh, They do all the sound for the movie, I believe, and uh, there is just, there's some performances by them in it. It's really cool. But... Before we talk about how cool it is, <laughs> what are you been listening to, Mike? Um, we've been. It's been a. I feel like we haven't listened to a ton this week. 
It's been but, a busy week. <laughs> and the things we did listen to, uh, as it happens sometimes, a little broken record style, but still in a big CCCC zone. Uh, this week was Chaos is the Cosmos, and that sounded insane the other night. Yeah. Didn't we listen to it twice in a row? Yes. It's amazing. Yes. And that's like- <laughs> Doubled that, down on that, it. That's the four-piece lineup when Fumio is still in the band uh, of Incapacitance. And he, he there's some, he's doing some guitar on it. So it is kind of, it's a strange one. And you, you know, it's recognizable as guitar. But CCCC yeah, CC is unique in that they also feature a bass player, you know? So it is, it's such a strange lineup. And 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 in that one, um, Mayuki's doing a lot more- Spoken stuff. She's uh, she's credited with poems. She's reading some Japanese writings and poems and that. So cool. I don't know what she said, but no, but I'm sure it was amazing. Yeah. Um, and then also um, was listening to Intrinsic Actions, Sato Electronics. So that's better than ever. Much like uh, Trophy mentioned uh, last episode, uh, and just so great revisiting those. I never did know Mark with long hair, but Oh, the photos are yeah. Never, did you did you know him when he had no. long hair? Yeah, I only yeah. But I st- I love the pictures with his long hair. So. I had forgotten too, and, and yeah, uh, just, yeah looks, We've we've gotten a great. It looks great. great. So very intense. Loving Mark Solotroff's long hair, <laughs> as well as his records. <laughs> very very attractive look. Yeah, like, yeah. like, like a bunch of <laughs> like the sexy size side of P. <laughs> All that leather flowing. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Amazing. I think I remember seeing a video where there were like fans actually blowing his hair yes. on, a, on stage, which is like such a, a power move. I love it. Yeah, very Peter Steele. What about you, Gray? You got you got a nice little list there, kicking. I'm peering over I, at. I, I do. Uh, it's I don't know. I had some time at home and I just was tearing through stuff. Uh, for the CCCC tie-in, I picked up a copy of the. Performance at Club Fuck VHS, which is Mayuko Hino doing uh, bondage and wax, hot wax performance for like a half hour uh, in LA in 93. And Hiroshi Hasegawa, aka Astro, is playing synth behind her for the entire half hour. So it's just like noise and uh, nudity and rope bondage and wax. it's great. Wow. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great video. <laughs> I feel like we'll probably watch it sometime. Uh, Do you know where Club Fuck in LA no, was? No, I tried to find it. I, I looked well, it up. I, I mean, obviously someone knows. Yeah. We'll, if we'll, you know about Club Fuck, let, yeah, please, I want more frequently. details. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then staying in the Japanese zone, I listened to the first Mothra CD, uh, which is the Remains of Life. It's, uh, it's Masahiko from... Linecraft's old band, he's he's credited in that band as Mothra from the early 2000s, and it's like a four-piece lineup of junk metal percussion and like bass guitar and electronics. There's a collaboration with Guilty Connector on one track, but it's like, you know, the like Einstein and Neubauten, SBK, like metal percussion school of industrial music meeting like a kraut rock and space rock like Hawkwind, early Ashra Temple kind of vibe through the filter of like, you know, guys who also play with lots of pedals and make noise. It's a, it's a cool, weird CD. It's uh, on his label three plugs. It's on right? three plugs. Yeah. And it's a, it's a cool one. It's, I had the one after that doom engine and I hadn't, I haven't listened to it recently, but I remember that one being a little bit more actually like sort of doom metal noisy, still having kind of a chaotic band vibe, but it was a, it was a cool one to listen to, especially cause we listened to sort of like, you know, Hicho Kaiden King of noise recently for that episode. And, 
again, before that, of course, I was listening to it as my recent listening. Uh, but just to to kind of hear the the descent of that style in something in, from the 2000s that's like, you know, from the same country, aware, certainly aware of Hitchikaiden, I'd have to <laughs> have to imagine. Uh, and then when Steve Lowenthal came on for our episode, he was nice enough to bring me a copy of Watashi Dake by uh, Keji Hano, who is someone who I don't really keep up with too much, but I got this CD like in the late 90s and hearing the vinyl reissue, which looks beautiful, was really nice because it's just tortured vocals, moans, wails, and like really either masterful or inept guitar, depending upon how you want to look at it. It just it just sounds like he's like strangling and choking that thing. And it's it's cool. That's nice. But I didn't stop there. Sorry, this is a long one. Uh, hey, I'm in, hey, it's I'm typed, in. everybody. I'm in. Greg got so organized. Well, I had to type. Yeah, I had to type great. it. Uh, <laughs> Steve also brought me uh, Chuck Johnson's Balsams on VDSQ, which is a record that Connolly had recommended to me probably 10 times. We love Chuck Johnson yeah, so Yeah, that was, that was one of our favorite records of either last year or the year. Whatever year it came out, it was top three I listen to it and it's like it takes your brain to space like I just like totally out of my body it's sort of like if Santo and Johnny only knew three notes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's awesome it's this like I was watching the sunset and the waves rolling and relaxing on the beach like endless summer style just like mellowing out kind of really nice ambient and like lap steel guitar or something I, I I don't even know but it doesn't it's sort of like if you like, you know, uh, Earth's Hex or uh, like Growing maybe, but not, it's completely different from those, but it would file nicely in your stacks next to that. And also like whatever weird like acoustic or steel guitar records you have around. And then uh, went over to France as I managed to track down a copy of Zone Nord's uh, Marche Noir. Marche, Marche Noir? I don't know. Marche. Yeah, there we go. Noir. Marche Noir. Black Market, right? Uh, oh, if it's if it's market, it's Marche. Marche, okay, yeah. Marche Noir. We, we will always have Tara pronounce the French words <laughs> on this podcast. I'll so. do it badly, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just as uh, it's as cool as I wanted it to be, having never tracked that one down. Uh, and then a couple more America <laughs> premature ejaculation, which is Chuck Collison and Roz Williams, probably better known for Christian Death or Shadow Project, both bands that I love his involvement in uh but it's like dark ambient industrial noise weirdness from the early 90s this one's on cleopatra which is like you know just total weirdo goth that's fun. we were talking about this last week we had forgotten about premature ejaculation it's like oh yeah they uh, we need to do an episode definitely because it's i've been listening to a lot of it anesthesia is a great record uh this this necessary discomforts is really good uh sort of discipline is nice like i, I just i enjoy their style because it's it's just sort of that zone where industrial and noise were blending. And so it's kind of dark and gothic and evil sounding in at some points, but it's also just like weird kitchen sink experimental too. And it's, it's cool. And then, uh, what I think is a forgotten classic from the early two thousands, which is Viodri's disgust heat of the day. Uh, yeah. I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, he has that Interpol Alchemy CD on Hospital. I think I've talked about him in recent listening yeah. before. It wasn't just one guy, but it was mainly just one guy. Uh, he had other people help him. But it's sort of sets the template for a lot of what's become popular since, which is like cut up harsh noise, field recordings. It feels very voyeuristic. There's like droney pretty parts. There's 
like the last track there's two remixes that are on it but the last track of the you know the album before the remixes is like this 20 some minute piece that's like mostly centered around a loop but it just doesn't ever lose your interest it's just nasty um but i in my in my notes here uh, equal parts harsh and beautiful which is like i think that's a good way to describe it it's a really good disc and it's it's like some 200 copy cdr that's around with really nice like uh art store paper packaging mm-hmm. so Sorry, everybody. That was just like a lot. Hey, that was great. That was great. Was great. We're Crazy learning busy. something to a lot yeah. of stuff this week, and uh, now you got to hear about it. <laughs> Crank. <laughs> you been uh, listening to anything? You got a, you got I, a prepared I, list I, of twenty I, I, items. I did not bring a prepared <laughs> list because I've been. Uh, yeah, I I don't really prepare lists of things I'm listening to. Um, but I did. Uh, yeah. I, w- it's funny when we were um, discussing what to review for this episode, I went down the rabbit hole um, in a, in a deep way. I, I, in a, in like a, a, a shimflet group way. And that can be really, really damaging to, <laughs> a, to, lot, yeah. to a lot of listeners. I mean, yeah. and, and the, there are so many wonderful parallels with this film with shimflet group, you know, the eating sounds like listening to Rudolf Eber and Joe Lance eat <laughs> for an hour. I, I don't know. I mean, I can handle a lot of, of, you know, real dissonance, but there's, and, and, and I've been to performances where, you know, watching people eat, you know, it's a real sort of Swiss German thing, I guess, is to present dinner performances. And, you know, of course you have a visual context, but you're trying to have it when you're listening and you're, you know, I'm soldering in my workshop and I have this on, you know, the O'Hare speakers and I'm like, Ah, <laughs> so that was that was fun. Fortunately, there was a that segued into um, I went down another rabbit hole de- uh, delving into old due process, like old, old, old oh, due wow. process. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, just so fucking clean and crispy and that that term like kitchen sink noise with other attributes and so many like just so much junk and I mean, and again, there, there's a beauty to it because a lot of it is cyclical. And I mean, they're, they're, you know, it's turntablism at its finest. Um, and I think some of these were going back to some of Ron's or old radio shows. And, you know, it was just like deep, deep, deep stuff. So nice. um, and then I segued and I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Chicago artist Jason Soliday. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I basically ate half of his band camp for the last three days. And that, that again, kind of leaves you in a twitchy somewhere else vibe because, uh, you know, he's such a master with the, you know, just the, the bends and the synths and the swoops. And it's just like, Oh, you know, it's really, um, yeah. Makes capillaries in your eyes, create new capillaries and veins. I mean, I, it's really beautiful in that, how the hell did he do that? And, and, and all of the listening, what I really like about it, it makes me so freaking horny to go and record. Yeah. <laughs> so just like go put on headphones and do it. And uh, I capped it off this week uh, with um, I got a, a very, very large care package from my friend uh, Idem Theftable out of uh, Maine, um, oh. one of my fellow Mainers. And um, and uh, it was it was just complete with beautiful junk he manages he's the thrift store junk finder extraordinaire and his cassettes are absolutely lovely i can't even remember the name of it it was 
his basically his tour cassette for his August 2019 tour. And same program, both sides. And I have an auto reverse tape deck. Um, so I bet. <laughs> um, auto reverse and both sides sound great over and over and over again. Unfortunately, he collaged. I'm not sure who it was, if it was it was some sort of Carpenter-esque or Barbara Streisand stuff looping on top of each other that he's singing on top of. <laughs> oh, and my God. I woke up with that in my head. I'm like, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Noise music isn't supposed to give you the earworm, but it did. So. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Was that the tip? I think I saw you post a picture. Yeah. That was was, that, it, it was, was it, it was like that crazy looking like package, right? Mm-hmm. Junk montage. And it was sent like that. Uh-huh. Like, it was the size of a freaking pillow. I kid you not. Like if you phenomenal. can, yeah. if you can make a Manila wow. envelope be a pillow, he did it. And somehow it got to my address, without anyone pilfering it, thieving it. I mean, it was addressed to Hank Leviathan. No other name. <laughs> 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 but that'll be my new pseudonym <laughs> next, time, next time I'm on tour in Maine. So, wow. um, but yeah, that that was like the creme de la creme. It's like okay, perfect. So I still have it in my head. I still have the earworm. <laughs> you know, you reminded me of something that I listened to that maybe maybe you're familiar with. And you mentioned due process. Uh, a friend of the show, Chris Sienko, recommended uh, an Emil Bolio release that I had never heard. So I of course tracked it down. Ooh, which uh, one? Anti performance. Yep. And it's. Ron playing all the anti-records he had released on Triple R, like actually throwing them on a turntable, I guess, and playing mm-hmm. them, which is due process. Haters win lick dirt, which of course we talked about. Um, AMK Flexi. Uh, there's a couple others I'm forgetting. They're listed mm-hmm. in, kind of in the collage of the cover, but it is such a nasty, weird tape. And it's so cool because it's just, it's anti-records being played and you know ron has zero regard for the needle on his turntable so (laughs) i i heard an excerpt of that when it came out um one of the very first uh experimental sound shows in art school uh my roommate hosted with and uh seeked out ron um for help and uh sorry i popped my pee there um (laughs) for 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 aid in getting um artists together and also for putting out a cassette that was issued with that show and i remember having the cassette bringing it home and most of it was dreary um it was like you know art students like bowing violins and you're just like what is this oh god why you know i'm in the wrong major i should i should have been a painter um anti-performance comes on an excerpt of and it was emil bolio um anti-performance excerpt blah 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 you know i'm channeling ron's voice right now it's like i'm a little bully and uh and it's like five minutes of just like the most destructive i'd never heard noise like that up up until that point and at that point i was like oh i i'm hooked i'm hooked i'm hooked and fortunately my you know this is a tangent but a friend of mine in my department was like who actually knows mark jameson of skin crime mark was oh, also cool. in my department oh, great uh, oh yeah, really mark and i went to school together so oh wow um, we so, love mark he's a sweetheart yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. so there were there were a crew of us noise heads and andrew uh was the one who made me my first uh he called it the noise um uh 
West versus East noise beast. And it was U.S. noise artists on one side and Japanese on the other. Like 1990. And he, 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 like made, he made me. That was like a mixtape. Mix. And, and wow. I was like, wow. Do you have that? Somewhere. Oh. oh. You should can definitely we, Can we put happen. it out? Definitely did that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love to see but a yeah, picture uh, of Yeah. It was, it, it, you know, and all the handwriting, uh, you know, of course, the best, like, you know, Maxell C290 blah blah blah, blah. Or 90, 90 minute chrome um but yeah it was uh that was the shit I was like okay wow. I love when people take the time to hand write in the teeny tiny lines yeah. like every, with descriptions it's so exciting <laughs> and pictures oh. so, wow. so Ron was your introduction to mm-hmm. noise as you know as we know noise yep. like you were leading up with other stuff but that he Ron was that was uh, absolutely. And I, and I think that, you know, in my listening, um, you know, preceding the show, uh, it just hit me that voice crack was a real monumental thing, um, particularly this film, Kick That Habit. Uh, we we with Ron's help, we were able to debut a screening of it in Boston at our art school. And I think 1990, whenever it was, 90, it might have been when he put out the um the VHS ninety three ish. Yeah, so. yeah, I th- yeah, I think so. So yeah, so uh, as you know from the description and and we've talked, we're we are discussing the kick that habit originally released on VHS on RRR, and we have that sitting right here with the you know Ron's hand running on the on the video. Well, you can't see it, but you can Little hear ASMR. it. You can hear us yeah. open yeah. it up. There we go. Oh, no, there. Pull, pull the tape out. Oh. Okay. black sharpie on black vhs you know one of the things that's funny you doing that one of the things that i remember that ron told me a long time ago one of the reasons he loves cassettes so much is because it's the only medium that uh can make its own sound right Right. so you can't shake a record and get and get that rattling you can't shake a cd and get that rattling but a tape you can do that with a tape so even a even a vhs tape so so how so I guess how did you how did you come across Voice Crack and this film at first? Was it it was through Ron? It was through Ron. Okay. It was literally through that festival. We had a, a must have been an eight or nine hour festival, and it uh, let's see, Capote Music was on tour, I think, or maybe they flew over special for it because I think the school actually had a budget um for that uh borbita magus came up and played illusion of safety was there um it was a real and and ron played uh and i think there was a due process piece as well wow that sounds Um, incredible yeah it was nuts it was and then you know a bunch of us students with our hackneyed idea of what you know this was we we were allowed (laughs) to play as well amazing And, and 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 Mark was involved in that too, Mark James. I think yeah, he must have been. Wow. Um, but yeah, and there was a screening. I think that was like one of the last things as part of the festival was a screening of Kick That Habit. So I saw it at a very tender young age, twenty one ish. Wow, and on a big screen. I don't know. Yeah, and wow. I, yeah, I'm not sure if it was if we had a print of it or if it was the video. It, um, either way, it was projected. So I want to say it was the print, but I could be blurring my art school memories. So um, I don't know if it was a sixteen millimeter. I tend to. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I first saw this, I think, in 2003. Uh, I was living in a house with Aaron Dillaway, and he was like, you got to see this, and put it on one day. And 
just completely captivated the entire time. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure you must have been in yeah, 1993, yeah. 10 yeah, years it, later. It, it still never gets worked. old. <laughs> no, watching it today uh, offered some interesting revelations, and mm-hmm. like there's parts you forget about. There's a part when once we get to talking about the end of the film that is so <laughs> damn genius yeah. that I'm amazed that like every single person hasn't ripped it off. It's so right. jealous. Yeah. I'm yeah. Thing. So like jealous. we're all gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I made notes. You better believe. Well, um, I mean, I, I just love that, you know voice crack. Their you know, their whole thing of cracked every day electronics you know and i just this watching this i mean that's what this is this is it's everyday life as noise and as and everything art. everything's so accessible and relatable so you do constantly kind of feel like well why didn't i think of that oh i'm jealous oh that's yeah. amazing like it's such everything you see you're like wow that's an amazing idea just because everything's accessible there's such a big focus on the mundane everyday mm-hmm. yeah. sounds being actual noise like there's a part towards the end where they're uh they're riding on a ferry and if you've ever ridden on a ferry that's on you know on a windy lake or whatnot you you know that that is an incredibly noisy <laughs> experience yeah. but to give it context by having you know these people who are actually really good at capturing sound get the vibe of that or when you're in there's a, a really great scene where it cuts from them playing this long thin wire that we'll talk about mm-hmm. piano wire to uh, the gondolas mm-hmm. which are supported by these long wires and the sound changes but then you're also getting this just the vibe of traveling on that gondola the sounds of it are so massive mm-hmm. and it's really it's impressive what they've managed to do with focusing on the, the like these very minute little things it reminded me of Lamont Young's cabin, uh, where the wind was going through the cracks, uh, and it inspired him to make his sound. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I one of the things I just kept going, but yes, yeah, making the mundane something it is not. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. that's I think what this whole uh, film highlighting was, the, was doing something that it is, and highlight. You're, yeah. no, you're, you're correct. Correct. Absolutely. Yes. Correct. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very much like a. You know, the the deep listening, like, you know, Pauline Oliveros, you, you know, you, you once you start listening, you start appreciating it. I'm not saying you necessarily find like the musicality or the quote unquote art or whatever, but you the appreciation. Um, what's my point? Um, it uh, it can lead to these little diversionary things like uh, oh well I heard it this way and I'm going to go and try and recreate that with some busted transistor radios Mm -hmm. what I liked about that film is like these big outdoor sounds um, would also be compressed by the the absolute tiny in you know super close microphone against like a nectarine or whatever being schlupped or or a corkscrew (laughs) it's like you know that dynamic range you know, it's such a thrill and, and these people are performers on top of it and they're hacking stuff open and, you know, electronics or fruit or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, the fruit was, I mean, um, that was, I think we all kind of had m- much of your time about we, listening to, you the, know, some shimflux stuff. When the, when the fruits and the eating sounds started yeah. getting loud, I think we all kind of had a visceral kind of like, yeah, oh. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I, I think everybody had a little uncomfortable <laughs> chuckle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, It was more like a, uh, an outburst. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really appreciated it because I had been wanting to open this bag of pretzels for the entire film. <laughs> and I didn't want to like make a lot of racket. But then after the gross food scene or the really cool food scene, uh, I felt very comfortable opening my bag like it wasn't going to disturb anybody. Yeah. Yeah. No, noise actually, we're going to be we're going to munch on some some uh, some pretzels while we're Tara's a snack goddess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I've known snack. through the length of our friendship is 
there's kind of always just some good <laughs> snacks around. And yeah, today those are the no holy grail. Of- that was great. Cheddar pretzels. If you don't have a, a friend that is a, like a snack expert, you need one. Because yeah. <laughs> you're like, man, I'm really hungry. It's like, here's this random thing you didn't know existed, and it's delicious. Hey, it's not bad being married to a snack expert. Yeah, I'll yeah, tell you that much. If you see me in public and you're hungry, just ask me for something. I probably have it. Um, <laughs> call a snack expert. <laughs> I like, too, that this is just recontextual all the stuff the sounds and the images it just makes it just shows what an absurd collage life in itself is i mean just when you look at these images like driving you know on a on uh on a road through the snow and then in the rear view mirror you see you can see what the the trees covered in snow behind you and then you see the glass and then the the artificial thing of a car but then there's the nature and it just that in itself is a collage you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's yeah. like and and then when you when you are watching this you just it, you just realize like everything is this weird and collage the editor of the, whoever edited it, i know wait pardon me peter lichty edited it no no who, no. who did it Dieter grunicher grunicher Okay, well, Dieter's brilliant because um, really just the manner in which this is put together, um, I, I find that it it elevates everything we're watching. Like when you get to the piano wire scene and you see the wires from the um, cable car going mm-hmm. up the Alps yeah. versus the snow versus water. And then the, the, the fishing uh, you know the fishing rod, and yep. then it yes. follows yeah. all these like lines. There's a beautiful line. Yeah, I mean the lines on the road when the the car is driving yeah. and he's hitting that the center line and it's squeaking against the tire and it's like you know yeah. again making that parallel to the Boeing the piano wire. It's yes, like, it's like it's like sound is everywhere, but it's not trite. You know, it's actually <laughs> exactly yeah. It's, yeah. it's really like oh dang. Well, even the <laughs> opening moments where yeah, they've got that sort of miniature yep. golf wheel yep. obstacle mm-hmm. and it's it's you rotate it and try to hit the ball through and there's all these sort of different configurations of maybe just a one foot section of it that you have to figure out how to make it through, it right. seemed like. It's a putt-putt practice wheel. It, it was really, really <laughs> it seemed like torment. strange. Yeah. It's painted all different colors and it's this movie is part in color, part in really stark black and white and part in sort of a much softer, like gray, black and white mm-hmm. feeling. And it cuts between all of those. Um, but the, the color wheel and the sound on that is immediately, you're not getting any conversation. You're not getting any, anything. There's no talking at all during this movie. It's entirely a sound piece. Mm-hmm. And, it opens just perfectly because you're like, I'm hearing what I'm seeing, but I'm hearing it at the most minute, like well-recorded detail. And it sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't, you could go play miniature golf and not think about how awesome it sounds, but it's when it's <laughs> recontextualized like this. Immediately the movie draws you in because now you're like, oh, what, what am I, what kind of ride am I in for yeah, now? Yeah, that metal yeah. on the golf ball is just and amazing. And it is just that strange, weird, like Swiss Euro devi- <laughs> golf, mini golf device that I've never seen in yeah, my yeah, life. And you it's never will ever again. Yeah, yeah. A miniature golf device. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think we have those here. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of those things for me, especially. You know, when when I was younger and and just so getting into all this stuff, like that opening scene for me, that's something that's just like my younger self and myself now is just like, oh, I'm in whatever this is. I'm going to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just I can't explain exactly what it is, but I I'm in for this. What really makes it work, like even in that scene, the nobody talks, there's no speech, no one opens their mouth. Well, throughout the entire film, it's a wordless film. Mm -hmm. It's just the sounds. And um, I think that is they snack a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They do open their mouth to snack. 
uh, which is great. But it, I think that really for me made an impact because, you know, it's you watching people experience their environment and not necessarily interacting with each other. They're interacting with their environment. And that's part of it that made it so interesting. And also, you know, um, I'm always trying to remind myself to like talk less and like think more. Uh, so I was really like, oh, that's why this is so good, because they just shut up and like experienced it. Uh, so, yeah, it, I the, the noise and experimental VHS VHSs in the 90s, especially, you know, put out f through Ron were so huge to me. The very my introduction to Crank Sturgeon and Skin Crime. Uh, and uh, a few other people was, I believe the haters as well, was the Huck Finn VHS. Mm -hmm. on oh, yeah. And we would, our little Lexington, Kentucky crew would just sit down and we watch those videos so much that. Yes. Um, the, uh, what's the, there's what it's Huck Finn, uh, Re, um, Moby Dick, Moby Dick, and then another, another book. Another book, but we had them all. I'm forgetting all the titles. Yeah, we had them all. And, I have them all too. And, and and the club fuck, you know the the live at club fuck. I mean, these were so. And and then of course, Good Alchemy and Kingdom of Noise. I mean, yeah. it was a way. It was an exciting way to experience this, and just it felt so so underground and so just you know raw because it was because it was yeah. it yeah, was yeah, yeah. really and it still is i mean yeah. you know if we turned off the internet it would still be very underground yeah <laughs> and i remember you know like on on king of noise or good alchemy or whatever you you know getting into this stuff you've heard masana and then you see a masana performance mm -hmm. or you've heard emil bolio but then you see a performance and it's like Oh, this is so much more than I than I had even kind of guessed it was, you know, or even wanted it to be. You get you get so much more value out of it because there's such a nice visual component with these performances, uh, especially at the time. You know, people mm -hmm. were focusing on their craft and were they were making it interesting. And if it was put on video, it was probably worth watching. Yeah, and and it again, especially in you know 1998, you know, uh, you know. You couldn't just look up a haters video on YouTube. You know what right. I mean? This was like, that's the <laughs> haters. You know, yeah. like, oh wow, that's what it looks like. That's Emil Bolio. Like, yeah. that's what he looks like when you know what I mean. This, we this had whole to share was, our videos. Yeah, you just train around. You just everyone like you get it. Gets so exciting to see it, and and I, I mean, I'm so thankful that you know that everyone documented it this way. I even treasure my my dubs of videos that friends oh, gave me oh, that I couldn't sure. yeah, yeah. Like I still have dubs yeah. of certain things that just they were they were dubbed off their copy and handed to me and it's it's almost like a, you know obviously I'd love to own an actual copy of it but that dub has more history to it to me cuz like this person gave it to me and mm -hmm. this is how I saw these things and what what got me into it. When did you see this Connolly? When did you find kick that This habit? one would have been actually around the time when you saw it, I, I see, I want to say, I was actually thinking about this when we were watching it. It was a time when you and our, and our, the, uh, mine and Gray and Tara's friend, Andy Roach was, uh, every time we'd see you, you'd give a, one of you guys, you'd give us a stack of like DVDRs that you had just oh, like, I still have Roach DVDRs. We still, and we still have, you know, Gray <laughs> DVDRs. Yeah. So I want to say it was one of you guys, on a on a on a uh, you know burn of it. Yeah. What year and would that have been? Sorry. Mid two thousand. So okay. so so early two thousand two thousand four four mm -hmm. five around there. Roach had to stop because the um, internet company said he had to buy a commercial internet 
uh, download <laughs> because he downloaded so many things and they like investigated like oh, what wow. he was doing with his computer. It was well, great. Thanks, we, Roach. You, you, well, and you know, I don't know if the statue of limitations oh, yeah. on that. So, you know, oh, we might, right. you know, we don't want to be watch out. Zip. But, uh, but I just, the, ma- the, the thing that I always remember from this, and the, the one thing we were talking about remembering is, is the piano, you know, that piano wire scene is so memorable. And it's one of those things where it's just like seeing it again. It had been a long time um, since we watched this. We, we made a point to kind of not watch this leading up to it. A couple excerpts, but let's watch it with fresh eyes today. And, but that comes, that piano wire scene comes just, you're just like, yeah, that, yeah, no, that's, yeah, th- that's the classic. It's I mean, so sort good. of them practicing and working on stuff in the footage before it. But then when you hit that scene, you're immediately like, Oh, cause you even get a, I noticed while watching it this time, you get a glimpse of sort of the apparatus they're using to string it yeah, up. Like yeah. the, the mounting device. I was wondering how they mounted that thing. It's uh. I I'll say the the they're playing a piano wire that's stretched across the I believe the Grabenhalle in St. Gallen, Switzerland. Uh and uh I I played there a few years ago, but it's a completely I mean, it's been remodeled. <laughs> it doesn't look like it does in that video. Um but it's like an arts foundation like venue thing mm-hmm. there. Uh and they they've stretched a piano wire all the way across this thing and the two of them are playing sort of opposite ends near its anchor points and truncating its vibrations with their bodies and their hands and other devices so they can change the tonality of it and it it's so it's first off it's terrifying if that snaps you're dying that's mm-hmm. gonna that's gonna yeah. cut right oh, through you it's gonna take off a neck if that thing snaps it's oh, wow. it's gonna cut through you like a cheese slicer oh that's how i slice cheese <laughs> <laughs> with a piano wire um but it's the thing I noted this time is that it goes, and I think they they started out as sort of like a avant jazz, free jazz performers before they got mm-hmm. uh, more experimental, and it goes from almost like free jazz, weird stand up bass kind of bowing yeah, yeah. sounds and to percussion, pure noise, and like really kind of just weird, like you know EAI whatever, like electroacoustic improv mm-hmm. playing this this wire at two different ends in there. They're smacking it, they're bowing it, they're rattling it, they're scrubbing things against it, they're moving it in relation to their hands, their body, and other devices, and it's, 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 it's kind of like a legendary, to me, you know, I think everyone should know it's why we're doing this episode, mm-hmm. it's like one of those things that if you haven't seen any of this footage, and I can't imagine the whole film not interesting you, but that particular thing is like, it's forever burned in my brain since the first time I saw it, like, wow. Yeah. Look Me at too. what they're doing and look at the sounds they're getting. And and it, it, it is one of those cool things when uh, two minutes in, you know, obviously you had picked doing this. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, of co- that totally makes sense that this was huge for you. You know, especially having the, the for me, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and having seen the uh, especially seen you a uh, couple gotten to see you a couple times this year, which is great. Yeah. But it was it's like, oh, that totally makes sense to me. Like that, that this would have been something that was your, one of mm-hmm. the early like thing that got into Yeah, Everybody crank Sturgeon live is amazing. Oh, um, so <laughs> awesome. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. I am excited every time. And it's, and he'll play a wire um, in a way that you weren't <laughs> anticipating. Uh, and then think about it afterwards. I've taken pictures of you while you're playing going like, what is he doing? Is he unwinding it? Like, I, I gotta figure that out. Uh, and, and like lots of amazing toys coming out of a briefcase. And again, the same feeling for me when I watch you play is like, God, that's so smart. Like, of course, of course you're doing that. Like, of course, uh-huh. like, why hasn't, why hasn't, haven't we all thought of that? It's so good. I, yeah. I think my takeaway, um, of this film, you know, at an early age and maybe I didn't realize it at the time, but, or maybe it was just because you're broke and, uh, was, you know, I knew how to make the contact mic that was like 
that was critical, you know, to yeah. they, they weren't as good as the ones I make now, but it's like Radio Shack, blah, blah, blah. But just like it didn't take much to generate sound. You know, if you had like just a modicum of like little tiny things like, OK, I got the transistor radio and it does this when I hold it up to a fluorescent light and the AM bandwidth, you know, and just Ooh. like you start freak, you, 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 you look for those frequencies with through through your own limitations you're like i don't have a lot but i'm gonna i'm gonna milk everything for what it's worth and this film is just like it's a it's just candy for anyone mm -hmm. who wants to like take stuff apart and yeah i'm gonna drink a little wine while i'm doing it too and, and yeah, i love that scene <laughs> they, they're like they're like have their all their electronics spread out on the table and they have like wine and food and they're just like Eating and, and you, like and, and you and, hear and, the and, cork and, coming out when they're using the corkscrew and and it's so bad because they're soldering while they're eating. You're not supposed <laughs> yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lead poisoning. <laughs> um, so but, that, but their studio, like that scene yeah. that you were talking about, like when you see and I'm assuming it's their studio. Yeah, their workshop uh, or whatever yes, it is. Yes, uh, it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It's just like it's exactly what you would think. Like if you listen to the sound with your eyes closed and then open your eyes, you're like, it is a crazy workshop. It's mm -hmm. exactly. 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 Yeah, it's uh, it, it's for real. Like a, what are those? Like a toy store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's yeah, it's like the classic tinkering garage barn, whatever. And yeah. when I saw that at that age, I was like, I want that. I <laughs> yeah, want that. Yes. I want that. I want that. I, you know, wherever I live, I'm gonna have that. You that know, is so it, drool worthy. It could be, yeah, it yeah. could be a table in my bedroom. It's gonna be that table. Do you yeah. have that? Uh, not in the bedroom. There are rules okay. with my partner. <laughs> That's probably wise. But no, I mean, you know, anyway. it's in my second bedroom. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's in the kitchen. But uh, but you know uh, you know Matt does give us a glimpse into his studio if you do. Uh, you know, follow him on the on various internet sites. <laughs> yeah, he, he does give a nice glimpse into when he's making stuff and doing. So it is very cool. So it is a very cool mm -hmm. little glimpse into into your workshop. Um, so you see, Ron. You 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 know this this festival happens. And what and what school is it? Uh, we, unless uh, you don't want to promote your school. Oh no no, <laughs> I, no shame. Yeah. Um, it's uh, the the school changed names though, so it's the uh, they it's not uh, it, it used to be the Massachusetts College of Art. Now it, they added and design. There you go. So, oh. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Because uh, yeah, because. They yeah. wanted to maybe comfort parents. You, I thought know, exactly. people yeah, were yeah. clamoring for design. Yeah, 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 yeah well, yeah. your child will make maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe it'll look good on paper that they might get a job, but because <laughs> so, <laughs> they went to and design. So. <laughs> so then what was kind of the sequence of events after that of you kind of getting staying in touch with Ron to the um, point where yeah. you guys are start playing? So what's kind of the, I guess, what's kind of your history with with Ron and well, after we Trevor watched Ron. the film, um, yeah. <laughs> we, we became best friends. Oh, we became BFFs. Um, well, it yeah, I mean, proximity was everything. I, I've lived most of my life in New England, and there, uh, you know, the 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 scene for th this stuff back in I want to say, all right, I saw this in 1993. Um, I didn't know that there was one. I knew that Ron was in Lowell. I lived in Boston. We had WZBC in Newton that played like crazy, weird avant-garde stuff. You could barely get it in where we lived in Boston. Um, I knew Mark um, um, from Skin Crime and Mark had his projects. And we, you know, he and I stayed in touch. I had my weirdo friends. He had his weirdo friends. I think once we all graduated, um, I started uh, down the, I knew that, 
when they pull the rug out from under you, you're not going to have anything, you know, upon graduation. Mm -hmm. And that's true for any student in any practice, but especially art school, unless you continue on to, you know, get your master's. And I was like, F that. I'm not doing that. I'm going to do, I'm going to do art in the real world and be humiliated and, yeah. <laughs> and destroyed trying to do this shit at rock clubs. But, um, but uh, one of my roommates um, was always getting crazy packages in the mail. Um, and I was like, what's that? And he's like, it's a tape. You can't listen to it. Um, and I was like, what? he, he had, he was the guy with the knowledge. And I'm like, I need to know this shit. This is the same guy who organized with Ron these, these great shows. And I was like, damn, I mean, he was the guy who introduced me to John Cage and contact Mike building and Fred Frith and, you know, that, that New York school of avant-garde. And then, you know, then Ron came in and I was like, you know, ah, the New York stuff's really nice and cool. I like Zorn, it's awesome, but I don't have any musical talent like that. I'm more interested in taking things apart. And when I saw Neil Bolio play at that festival, I'm like, sold, 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 sold. <laughs> yeah. Because most people were up there with their arms folded looking, you know, kind of like they're either looking down in their laps or they're looking at this table full of equipment that you don't know what's doing what. And then you see Ron and Ron's got his, he looked like a busted 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 used car salesman <laughs> and handed up like pinkish shirt um the tie big yes, tie big, yes. big tie and he had uh he had the his minatoli uh four-armed record player uh he did an anti-record performance he had a beautiful old school shoebox tape player that he had on subsequent tours that um he used to uh review people's cassettes People would send him tons of cassettes and he would listen to them on this the same cassette deck that he would perform with. Wow. So on tour, he'd bring it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Because well, he, was, he was performing with it. And he's oh, like, right. he's like, guys, I got to listen to some tapes now. And <laughs> so he'd have Oh, wow. Anyway. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love That's that. That's incredible. I just remember a certain moment because we were on that tour with the haters and me and Chris, Angstas of Heferna. So we noticed one of our friend's tapes was in his pile. And Ron had a, an ongoing list. I'm going down tangent alley right no, now. No, please, <laughs> I love this. This is a tangent. I'm, I'm keeping you on so, this tangent. Someone, so He's like to, noise Santa. Yeah. Someone's going to have to reel me back in. But, it's okay. Um, not, but, not for a while. Won't happen. But we saw a friend's tape because Chris and I, um, Chris was living in Portland, Maine. I was living in Portland, Maine at that point, 1996, 97, um, when I finally left Boston and uh, met Cooper. And we were thick as thieves because it's like it's an even smaller scene in Portland, Maine, at least in the mid 90s. And so we had like our little noise crew and so fast forward like maybe a quarter of a year later we're on that tour with with ron and skin crime and the haters and <sighs> and i think the reason we were on the tour was chris had the big ass van and i don't know how i ended up on that tour <laughs> um it was some weird debacle kerfuffle uh, i think hockey sp was going to be a part of it and they pulled out but they were like, well, we were going to be doing it with Crank. And I was like, I'm here. And Ron and I knew each other at that point. And Ron was like, all right, you can be on this tour, but you're going to be a hater. Oh. That, that, I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a black shirt? I'm like, yeah. He's, he's And so I was part of GX's, um, what, what was... 
we would have to find uh, something from that space that was local. It could be anything from a grocery cart to a human being to uh, a motorcycle. And Chris and I would hold it wearing the haters mask. Oh, so that's you guys in yeah, the videos. That's oh, us. okay. No I guess I didn't. Way. I don't think I realized that. Well, I did yeah, not. Well, while well, GX has the amplified funnel and he's grinding it and grinding it. Yeah. And grinding it. So the drug on the um, I got to know. Yeah, got to know GX and Ron was much nicer to me after the first couple shows. He, he was because I was just a punk ass kid. I was like, right, you know, right, twenty five right, or right. something. Yeah. And you know, who am I? Who's this upstart who's going to be on the tour with you know these yeah. these heavyweights? And he's like, well, you can play, but your sets are going to be short, and you got to be a hater. And um, I like you got the duties. You got the. Uh, uh, but so anyway, we're we, you know one of one of the duties was you know of course endless driving and and um, you know hanging out and doopy doing and. <laughs> Ron's listening to tapes and he's got the big stack of tapes. And we saw our friend's tape go into the tape deck. He's like, what's this? What kind of name is this? Blah, blah, blah. Presses it. And the rule was if it didn't last 30 seconds, because he would fast forward it too. Mm -hmm. um, if it didn't last 30 seconds, it went into the no good pile. And like the the A, I think it was like an A, maybe a B. And then it was like F or uh, he had some grading system. I was like, Ron, if you're listening, this is my memory of it. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. come on in, set the record you, straight. You can always, you can always come on out and set the, no, anyway, um, uh, it was, it, it was so wonderful to be part of watching Ron's review process. He's like, takes it fast forwards it he's like takes it throws it in the f box and we're just like oh. <laughs> and there were some really good tapes other tapes too we're like hey ron can you rewind that now you know it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> that like, makes me so happy so, picturing it so that was so that was really when you guys met and, and yeah i mean i played at his store um i'm on the two o'clock man yes yes um but i think les Khalid's on there yeah. you know there were a bunch of us and uh yeah some some crazy names that will never be around ever again um and uh because that's life <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i so i'd gone down and played the store so he knew me and and i think you know to to rewind a little bit when i graduated college a friend of mine who knew Patrick, um, I think it was one of Pat's uh, from Skin Crime, self-abuse. Pat had just started self-abuse and this was his ex-girlfriend or maybe they were just friends, friends, but she was just like, dude, you got to write to Ron. You got to write to Ron. Um, send him some stuff. And so I did. And, um, you know, two weeks later, I got a letter back with a bunch of RRR stuff and Ron wrote me a nice letter. He said, your stuff's really interesting. Or, you know, he actually said interesting. Um, wow. And I was like, wow. High yeah. praise from Ron. And yeah, I, yeah I, I, and he gave me stuff and, and he said, keep in touch. Wow, that's and so cool. And that would have been around 95-ish. But it was such a a big kick for me to, to I was like, yeah, he wrote back because Pat's friend said he would <laughs> and you know, she knew that yeah. that i apparently my stuff was up at a you know a amateur or less amateur enough bar that ron would like it so um but yeah i mean at that point too like things were you know you know we didn't really have the internet but we were certainly busy as fuck just like you know writing letters sending letters put the tapes out you know getting like 10 15 packages a week and like sending off letters and new tapes and da, da 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 you know back and forth back and forth so you get to know everybody and then but there were no shows i mean like barely any i mean i saw kg Hino, i think in 93 94 wow. with gate and thurston moore and it was just like you know who are all these people at the show you know are they just you know sonic youth fans because like and kg Hino just like 
shredded everyone, eviscerated, you know, like just his stature was amplified to, you know, this like Norse God level of like unholy shriek. It was, wow. you know, I was like, yeah, good luck following that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, and it, it probably blew out my Walkman, you know, cause I was recording it. So, uh, it's just, you know, the, those shows were so few and far between cause it was primarily a rock scene. And I remember I got to play with Ron in Boston because somebody bailed on a show. Mark called me up, Mark Jameson, and he's like, yeah, so we're doing a skin crime show with uh, Mule Bolio and Condom. Whoa. And, and I was like, he's like, you want to play? You can open. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was so effing nervous. Yeah, I was of doing, course. You know, I was, I, at that point, I was doing tabletop guitar. I, I wasn't, I hadn't like pop the membrane into like full costume performance mode. I was really tenuous on that, like those worlds. And so what do I do? I'm setting up my stuff and I've got like some pedals and effects loops through tape recorders and all this, like, you know, my kind of the same shit I do now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> minus the guitar and Ron and Tom Demuzi are standing there. Ron's like elbowing Tom and they're like hulking and hovering over my set as I'm setting up. He's like, what's that? A guitar? You going to play guitar for us? Huh? You know, you know he's just like, going to play guitar. You going to what's that guitar? And, you know, and, oh, 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 you know, and like, again, I'm like 20 some years old, like 24, just like, Oh God, I'm going to die. And everything was so loud. And I'm like, I oh, fuck these guys. I'm going to do a quiet set. And, um, and I'm just going to like gently bow the guitar neck and just like annoy the hell out of them, you know, because they were really coming on hard. I mean, he heckles. You don't realize it at the time, but he's doing it out of love. Yes. And he, wants, he wants you to perform. At, you Very know, true. He wants you to play. He's he's giving you the love. Um, but I, you know, again, when you're a novice and this was like maybe my third you know, live noise set in that type of milieu the with like the noise, you know, oligarchy or whatever you want. <laughs> not oligarchy <laughs> yeah, wrong word um but uh <laughs> but uh you know it just the royalty, the royalty yeah. was there and i was just like shitting bricks and fortunately something like went haywire right the minute i kicked up my little uh four channel radio shack mixer it was instant like feedback loop like and really cool sounding to my mind and um and i did a really like crazy harsh devastating set and and Hooray! And Condom invited me to play England, and which I was, is, I mean, but also, wow. the, what a time! Oh my God. Because, and if I'm not mistaken, you Condom has used your you as source material mm-hmm. for some yeah. stuff. What a time when that you know things get so segmented and boxed off, and you know as as the years go on, I think it's the most it's ever been. You know, in my opinion. Back then, it was this wild west of like crank sturgeon and condom and bolio and skin crime. Like that is such a what a wide range of yeah, ideas yeah. and approaches, and approaches, yep. yeah. different sounds, different intentions. Like yeah, but oh, totally. And that's yeah, what, yeah. when we talked to Pat and Mark. You know, that's kind of what they said. It was, what, or you know, maybe it was Jax, one, one of one of one of those one of those gentlemen. But it was kind of like when you when there was a show. And if someone sounded like someone else, like that was the, that was the bad, you know, you wanted everyone to sound completely different, different yeah. completely true to their own vision and unique, 
you know, take on all of this mm-hmm. as opposed to fitting in the right box mm-hmm. with the right pedals, with the right, right everything, you know, yeah. and what a time, I mean, that show is a perfect, I mean, that just gives me the chills to think about a show like that now. I'm it, wishing I could have been. Yeah. It's, it's so refreshing when you do get to a show like that, yeah. like these days when, when it is Yeah, buried. I mean, it's still, yes, yeah, so it, it definitely still yeah. happens. It, for, it oh, definitely for does. sure yep. happens. You know, I think, you know, hospitals curating these great ones. Actually, the last show I saw you at was GX's birthday show, mm-hmm. and that was a great one. That was a really diverse, really, yeah. really interesting show, yeah. And you, you know, Craig Surgeon's performance was, it was, you know, very much a tribute to GX, and, and, uh, just to let anyone who was there know, it was he. You were doing the, you know, the clicky clack mm-hmm. with the with the hole puncher into the thought. So 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 he is a great surgeon as the roll of paper on on a. Mount, mounted to my forehead. Mounted to the forehead. <laughs> and then with the mic'd up uh, hole punch, you know, doing the clicky clack, you know, uh, whole thing, and then he puts it in an envelope and addresses it to GX mm-hmm. or self. How what was it again? You self addressed it or, or? Uh, yeah, I I. Uh, I yeah, I, I was spooling. I had my my thought dispenser, which was the roll of paper. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm unspooling it and simultaneously sharpening it right. pencils with a contact mic with a. <laughs> I uh, small disclosure. I was at Staples like two days before and had the inspiration for the show there. I was like, oh, you can get rolls of register paper. Oh, look, there's a little pencil sharpener. Everything's on sale. You know, they're just like <laughs> they're just giving it away. Perfect. Look. I was like, I'm going to do it. Ah, oh, that's it. You know, and I, cause I, I went in looking for a hole puncher cause I thought I'd lost my two and it turns out I have like three already. And so I, I came to the show with like four and sorry, staples, but your staplers aren't as good clicky clicky as, <laughs> yeah, 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 as yeah. the old school ones. GX concurred. He's like, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's not the same. They, got, they have the plastic handle, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I was dispensing that, uh, while sharpening pencils, poking holes in it. And also with a sharpened pencils, trying to draw on it, which didn't, I don't know if it worked, but yeah. And also doing a, the clicky clicky, which can just sound so nice with, with the right, uh, hole oh, puncher. Yeah. Um, you know, cause you can really squeeze it. You know, it's almost like you can hear the tendons in your hand just go, uh, and then, then, then it releases. It releases yeah. then, then you release and it's one little dot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yes. ping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, so it was, it was your thoughts. That was, yeah, I was just, you were in a male gym, but what, I can't remember. It was, was addressed. You addressed it to GX yeah, yeah, in I, an envelope. I, right? I, I took the remains and shoved them into an envelope, which is it's a nice you know bookend of the show. It's like yeah. okay, you know, the chapter's over mm-hmm. and. Uh, and give it to GX, and he can mail it to himself. And so. he and he did. And we, he did. Yes. And, yes. And I think they were like a week apart. Yes. It could, yeah. He, but but we. I the la, the time I saw him after that, I asked him, "Did you send?" He's like, "Absolutely," and and I got him. So, mm-hmm. uh, but that, to me, that's just I love that. But again, this also completely goes back to kick that habit where it's mm-hmm. these. You went to Staples, and you're like, "Oh, a tape register." These mundane everyday things that, and you took it and made it what it wasn't what it's not supposed to be well it was it was performing its role um just a bit louder yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. well right again I mean, that's what yeah. tara said too like or is it what it is you know it, you're, yeah. you're highlighting it what it actually is right highlighting yeah. the, like the mundanity of it yeah. i mean you know maybe that maybe it is it yeah i mean i i really what about this film is that really struck me i was like oh my god there's not a single with the exception of like uh, the the timpani or whatever large drum and their amplifiers. There's no, uh, I don't, I do, I couldn't get a sense that there were any like, 
effect units or guitar pedals. I mean, everything was like disemboweled stuff, you know. That's what it all seemed to me. Yeah. I, mean, I, didn't, um, I know, didn't see anything. Even in the photos you look here and you just see like wires, batteries, junk, stuff taken apart, stuff taped together, uh, an amplifier. Yeah. And then like like nothing. It's really it all looks like pretty much junk and some turntables. One of the things right. they do They're, in this actually I like is putting an object that and this reminded me of uh, of Chop Shop actually. We did that uh, that bonus episode yeah. about mm-hmm. the seven inch um and I, I was listening to Oxide. Uh but building his own speakers and then playing stuff through that and recording the output of that. Mm-hmm. This was like they have some device, you know, little transistor radio with a speaker on or whatever, and it's on a turntable, so it's spinning. So the sound is being affected by the movement and the angle which the speaker is playing, and then you record that from some other device, and then you've mm-hmm. got this really weird, you know, kind of like a, whatever, like a Leslie speaker, right, that rotates and you yeah, get yeah, a chorus yeah. because it spins away from you. It's a you. physical oscillator. But yeah, it's and it's, so they're using turntables to do that, and then like, Broadcasting stuff at these Walkmen that are spinning around with a megaphone. It looked like it. Yeah, it looked point. like he was holding a bullhorn over it and picking it up, picking up the oscillations from the turntabled speaker and I, transmitting it, that back into stuff. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, you can get all of this stuff at a thrift store. Yeah, and yet you know, just like the maelstrom, the sound was like so. I hate to use the overword, overused word, but it was so sick. Absolutely. And thick, you know, just like dense and layered. And yeah, you know, it's not like punch a pedal and roar. Yeah. You know, it's just like, no, no, no. This this took a little bit of effort. We cracked everything open to make it roar. And yeah, it's like, yeah, it's so fractal and sputtery. I mean, there are part, parts in there where I was just like, I forgot how good like that speaker crackled, you know, when transducers, like something's just flapping and it's farting. And I'm just like, oh, Oh, there is that part with the close up of that speaker vibrating. And it just sounds all of us. All of us kind of had that, that like, oh, yeah, 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 it's like dopamine. We're just like, oh, pleasure. (laughs) There's also uh, like a pile of like piezo speaker little like music playing yeah things, it was like probably, christmas tree or or, yeah. or what, what however yeah, it is oh, yeah, yeah. Tannenbaum. That's yeah. What it which i'm sure mostly they were probably cracking open for the piezos to make contact right. mice because they'd found them at the electronics junk shop like cheap or something there's a ton of them <laughs> oh my God, but they're also so playing them there's parts where it's like they just turn it on and it's sitting there and you hear this like maybe the battery's a little dead in it or something so this melody's kind of dwindling and dying <laughs> and I, I was just like wow that's just so i love it i love that you're showing sort of the intended use of it and then also you you know there's parts where you're seeing them use contact microphones and it's your own use and we're talking about contact microphones a bit this this episode and, and, Pizos, <laughs> and we're going to do another little episode here where we talk about them more as uh both matt and myself manufacture contact mics and other things so uh stay tuned and mike for that and i too. don't so they're gonna teach us <laughs> we'll have a session yeah yeah i'm gonna um, learn but uh it's it really goes to show that if you if you pay attention to the sounds around you and th- every little thing that it can, it can become useful. You know, there's, I remember when I was getting into noise and it'd be like so, some kind of drone, the joke would be like, Oh, it just sounds like you recorded the refrigerator. And it's like, yeah. you should do that. It probably yeah. sounds awesome. Especially if you do it with something weird or really mm-hmm. close or really far away and like turn the gain up all the way. And then you're just getting the fridge hum, but with all this added noise to it, like there's so many different ways you can record your fridge and it probably sounds downright awesome. You don't need to go buy an expensive synthesizer. Although I love those. <laughs> yep, that's part of it. Well, the, in this, when they used the boiling tea kettle because the lid was popping. Mm, um, so, so it was cool. a metal tea kettle. And it was like, click, 
click. And then they juxtaposed that with a man destroying a chair with a drill and a hammer. And it was phenomenal because, because you know, you hear that like utter silence and it's just the sound of the clicking lid uh, boiling and it somehow made it like more violent. Yeah. because And there's a couple yeah. times in, in the film that it does that where the, the image that you're seeing is not what you're hearing. And, and especially that one, this guy's, yeah, he's tearing apart a sofa with a drill. So like, and, and then and, like a fireman's ax. Yeah. And then so yeah. in any, and, and, and in not any just other, a drill, but like, you know, yeah. something with an RPM that is like, you know, on European voltage. I mean, it's yeah. just yeah. like yeah. Little drill. Yeah. And, 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 and any other, you know, person would have probably, the decision would have been to, you know, that sound of that, that's obviously going to be like what we're going to show. But instead you see that, but then you hear this subtle this, tea kettle thing. G- and gentle, I like, love dup. that. It's the cognitive dissonance yeah. of a loud dup. action with something silent and yeah. subtle. So I, I, again, the editing brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, and also too, I, you know, you, uh, I think it's been touched on already before. A lot of these things could so easily come off as trite or as lame or as mm-hmm. this kind of pretentious, but it not a single second it of never this. Does <laughs> no, that. Not it at all. Never does that. My favorite scenes are, I love the snow scenes. I do love the scenes in the mountains, the weird quiet scenes when they're in that like kind of ski lodge. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they, uh, and it's just the sound of the coffee, the, you know, the clanking of the coffee. And then you look out and again, this is kind of what I was the whole time watching it. These, these real life collages or just, or that real life is a collage visually and, and tonically. And there, there. You, you see the field of snow, and then it looks kind of weird. And then you realize, oh, it's because they're in the mountains; they're above the clouds. Yeah, they're above. So the, cloud the snow line. and the clouds are mixing, and I couldn't tell where one started and stopped. And I, that was just like that. That it, that image to me was my favorite image of of just the mm. film. clouds under mountains. Yeah. What were some of your guys' favorite uh, uh, images, or, or did you did you have any that really stood out to you in this? I, I love the juxtaposition of the wires, like we were talking about with the uh, the gondola and the long wire in the performance space, and the even the fishing line into the water and mm. the sounds I of the water, which oh, that, that part so were much more minute. Uh, sounds of water than what was actually being portrayed. Like they're showing, you know, a lake or something, but you're, but the water sounds were a lot more like splashing in the sink kind of thing, which <laughs> made me uncomfortable when you get uh, sort of when you're getting visuals from one thing, but the sound of another, another version of it kind of. And it, I thought that was really cool. It's like, if you watch the dump truck pick up something, but it sounded like a, you know, like a bicycle or something like it's just, you know, this sound, but it's not the right version of it. Um, it's cracked. It's cracked. Uh, it really was. Um, I there's so many good visuals, and I do really enjoy the parts where they're eating and stuff. But I really liked I liked the performance pieces in it too, because the second performance was really, I thought, an, a kind of an interesting approach to it. Um, and the footage at the end, which is footage from the film. Well, we'll we'll talk about that one maybe a little separately. There's more we can talk about before we get to that end piece, which I mm. feel like I could. Yeah, talk the about end piece is is. Very uh, thoughtful. But did you have uh, some favorite visuals? Uh, I, I, when I, I think this is like the fourth or fifth time I've seen this, and um, yeah, when I like the last time I saw this was watching it with with college students who had no language skills for this type of stuff. This, you know, it, it was I was basically thrusting it on them, like 
you know, for a, a sound art course. That had to be and, amazing. And, and, and you know, none of them really knew how to decipher it. And so I kept thinking to myself this time, you know, I mean, they all loved the, um, the eating scene. They thought that, you know, <laughs> they, they picked up on that. I'm like, all right, phew, they like something. Um, but, um, <laughs> What I really appreciated about this now is watching it with all of you because it was like, you know, we, you know, we're, we're sort of we we were all on the same roller coaster picking up the ebbs and flows and, and you know, giggling and and, and suppressing <laughs> our, our need to talk about it yeah. while, <laughs> yeah, 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 while yeah. we're watching it. That's the hardest but, part. But yeah. um, but I, I really I'm trying to I mean, the, the 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 juxtaposition of landscape with a performance. I'm like, OK, that's. I get that. That's great. Um, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not going to allude yeah, to that. Yeah, it was yeah. a bad way. Um, you know, uh, I think having seen it like the fourth or fifth time, I, I felt like, okay, is it dated a little bit? Um, it's like, you know, the line in the sky is like, uh, it's my wire. I'm like, mm. you know, so I started to be a little critical of it, but I was like, no, stops. Don't, <laughs> don't be too critical. You love this film. Remember? And um, which I do. But I think what I really like was the austerity, like and, and how sublime and even deadly the landscapes yes. were and also in color because all the performance footage is in black and white. Yeah. Um, the landscapes become vibrant. They become very vibrant. And you realize, you know, because they're sitting, they're all standing at the edge of a ferry, like being blasted by probably very, very cold wind. And it's the sound of the motor and it's really heavy and like just like deep, like drone synth like you know just uh, like you were saying earlier gray like have if you've been on a ferry you know yeah <laughs> you know you're on a ferry because you feel yeah. it and you smell it you know the diesel and um but that you know so they're in the ferry and then they're going up the gondola i mean every there's a lot of traveling in this film yeah and there's a lot of linear traveling it's always it seems to be we don't know what the destinations are in my mind i'm like they're going from performance to performance and it's a really fun tour but um, <laughs> oh i, I like that I narrative that, that you actually. made i yeah. never so, thought of that either but uh but it's um yeah but there it's i guess in the filmmaking and the directorial decisions and the editing was to contrast how sublime these landscapes are um and while they are they you know we're just these things that can be we can drown we can the gondola can crash we can die you know we're we're so small and i like how the uh the they're presented as not being small necessarily but observing where they are and just taking it all in there's again there's no dialogue they're just taking it all in and if they're outside they're just standing and they're being you know bracing in the wind or it looks like they've walked to the edge of the mountain and it's like are those two guys just standing there staring at the clouds peeing in the snow yeah. you know, <laughs> i think we all giggled at that um but you know they're they're doing what humans do and again it's like this beautiful like this is what we are we're people and we always do this you know we're in a big natural place and we kind of just stare and then we'll go into like the lodge and no one's really talking and they're just eating yeah. or, or they, they're like, all right, we're in the boat and we're bored. We'll, we'll make a little top out of the cork with two forks and we'll balance it on a pin on top of the bottle and it's going around. And, and meanwhile, you're looking outside and that's some, that's not a body of water I would want. Uh, you know, it's not a clear crystal day. It's like cloudy. You, it feels like it's March or February and it, it's like, it sucks outside. Yeah. And this thing is just like turning the little dreidel that they've made with a fork and, <laughs> and they're just staring at it. And it's like, Oh yeah, dig it. 
it's what, it's <laughs> yeah. what humans do you know we just we pass the time and and we pass the time usually in the most banal but again it's kind of awesome it's yeah like, i kept thinking of of isolation and like how this made me feel the isolation of human experience you know mm-hmm. because like ultimately you're in your head like when everybody's sitting around quiet you are you know trapped in your head and that's kind mm-hmm. of where you live and so miking these sounds around it i think just amplified that feeling of isolation of, yeah I, uh, yeah for some reason for me it did of just experiencing a an isolated sound and an isolated place um by yourself and internalizing it mm-hmm. i i mean i don't know and maybe that's just kind of one of the qualities of of art mm-hmm. um would be that it it affects the way that you internalize what you're seeing and hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for you sure. Know, another a part of the video that I liked that I had kind of uh, forgotten about for a second, but we talked about how it's sort of everyday stuff and junk and taking things apart is there are these shots of them kind of trolling around a junkyard or electronics graveyard mm-hmm. kind of thing it, that almost look like, uh, like Tetsuo the Iron Man or something like oh, that. Digging in the They're piles. Digging through these piles oh, of that wires looks so fun. It looks yeah. really cool. And that that's some of the visuals where you're like, oh they're finding junk to use. They're, they're or are here. they? <laughs> or is it just a slag heap? <laughs> or is it fun? Yeah. 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 Is it just like, yeah, like these these monumental slag heaps that you see you still see like on harbors, you know, here in the US and uh, you know, in, in like port cities and stuff. And uh Oh, you're so New England. Uh, <laughs> totally. You know, because there, yeah, there's one in Portland, there's one in yeah. Portsmouth, you know, and you're just sort of drawn to it because like, oh, it's industrial. And then you realize like that shit's just like a pile of like tetanus waiting yeah, to happen. So gross. Gonna, like, <laughs> cut yeah, so Cut you open. You're going to, you know, you're going to get, you know, it's going to get in your eye. You're going to go blind. You're going to get some poisoning. Um, but there are always these neatly stacked piles of like total, utter industrial death, you know? <laughs> 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 but it's it's a great juxtaposition too so it's like i didn't get the sense that they were looking for stuff i just said i don't know i at first i did when, i think when I, in my initial viewings but i was just like no the, the stuff's too raw it's like in the raw material form of like hmm. when stuff oxidizes it's like you can't do much with it right. after that point because no. you know you play with it and it breaks or like i said it kills you so, <laughs> <laughs> when they were eating the tomatoes I just really wanted to watch Herman Nitsch. So oh, God. oh <laughs> nice parallel. Yeah, I, I was just like, oh. But it did have that, you know, definitely that. Is that just a, like, the, that Germanic thing? Something Swiss. about eating a tomato with a spoon. Well, well, and because, yeah, or you think of, you know, the, you know, the uh, auto meal scenes in Sweet oh, Movie. Yes. Where it's just oh, the, you know, my just gosh. That. So, but I think there's certainly <laughs> a, you know, connection i'm sure obviously these guys were very influ- you know or, or well the, the the viennese actionists did yeah. their thing in the the 60s and you know while you know in the u.s they were doing happenings and you know not to downplay happenings i mean yeah, some of the yeah, happenings yeah. were very dark um and uh you know but the, but the the actionists were just like you know again kind of working from my understanding in their own isolation you know wrapped you know t- like three of them in a room like one person's taking pictures the other one's like holding on to the chicken that's yeah. about ready to get covered in blood yeah, yeah. while while Gunter Bruce is yeah. like wrapped and swaddled you know d- you know head to toe like some patient from somewhere that you never want to go to yeah. um, and uh, yeah I I you know I didn't yeah, you certainly don't get envious. You're not like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. Like, no. I, I so wish I was there. <laughs> yeah. well, well, and, and when we were discussing what, 
you were going to do for the episode, you you did kind of throw out some, you know, Shimfluck group and, and yeah, and which again like is that. of the same flavor. Yes, and so and you were kind of you were kind of saying like you know the, similar. The, the Swiss lull or you know Swiss New England <laughs> connection. So when when did you come to to the sh- sh- Shimfluck? Stern, sudden infant stuff. I mean, around the same time as around the same time. Yeah. When I, um, I think it was when I met Chris, uh, Chris Cooper, Chris Cooper. Yep. Unkstasa Fefernasa, um, you know, Carolina, all the, all the projects Mm -hmm. that he's been in. Um, he and Jess had, uh, had moved to, to Maine with all of their stuff. I mean, as many records, as there are in this room, plus all of their instruments. I mean, it was like, wow. how many U-Hauls did you take from San Francisco <laughs> over to Maine? Um, but uh, but he uh, he was definitely a gateway person. He was like, he was, because I met him at a record store because I was looking for a job. And um, he, uh, yeah, he just, he had everything. He was like a mini Ron record collection. Um, and he... I can't remember which shimfluck he gave me, but he was like, you got, you know, you should listen to this because, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And I was like, oh, right, right. Because, I mean, I knew more of the, um, at that point, I I was really familiar with the UK scene, like Chocolate Monk and Smell and Quim and, and Andy Bolas when Evil Moisture, when he was still in, in the UK. And so I was really, because I'd met all of them, like, in 96 when I was on tour there. And um, so I, I knew that crew. I didn't know really what was cooking and sometimes literally cooking in weird ways in in the German avant-garde, even though I was, I, you know, my art school leanings were always towards Dada, which, you know, has a lot of German roots and, uh, you know, just that, that sort of wry, weird upside down sense of the world. And of course, as a teenager, I loved Neubauten and, you know, of course it it just made sense. Like I would find something there. And as a result, I mean, you know, Germany's definitely like one of my favorite places to go on tour because it's like, oh, they get it. (laughs) So that first was that when you said when, when Mike from Condom brought was, said come on over and, yeah, yeah, I, I I did my weird freak out. I'm scared show, and 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 <laughs> as a result, made friends with all of those people. But uh, but 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 Mike very generously invited me. He's like, you know, if you're coming to England, I'll, we'll we'll get you a show, and you know, we'll have fun. And I stayed with Mike for probably a little too long for about a week, and we just we hung out, and he showed me stuff. And we drank a lot of tea, and wow. at that point, Neil Campbell and um the other half of Smell and Quim, Walklet. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, uh, they were still active and they, as Smell and Quim and I performed with them down in London and that's how I met Andy, um, uh, Evil Moisture. And then I was off to Scotland to hang out with, with Dylan and Lisa at the time mm-hmm. of Chocolate Monk. And it was just like getting my, my nine, nine, mid nineties. <laughs> that's <laughs> unreal. Such a great, Sturgeon Smell and Quim gig. <laughs> I, yeah, that that show was just like, what is going on? There were about ten people in that group that <laughs> night, all bringing costumes. I'm like, shit, I gotta make a costume. And I was like, pulling trash bags out, so I made my own costume. But they had really elaborate ones. I mean, Smell and Quim were at some point Elvis. Oh, I mean, they're the both- Elvis, oh, yeah, the Elvis yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Elvis footage is yeah. crazy. Um, but they started with, with these robot heads. With I don't think we had LED lights back then. They were actually like, you know. I've seen pictures yeah, and I, I've the, been dying to ask. Okay, the, so yeah, they lit up. They, yeah, they lit up and they burned. Wow. 
They were smoldering on fire no, on stage. For real. <laughs> Did they make sound too? Like, could you hear through? There was so much noise going on. Yeah, okay. I mean, we were just okay. making so. But I mean, shit, who was at that show? Who, um, uh, this, I don't know if there's a performance artist, uh, Diz Willis. Who, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He was part of that. He's passed on. Um, Lal Coxill, the saxophonist, was part of that show. It was just like, I was just honestly just hanging out with them you know because it was fun they're like yeah come on down we'll drink some beer and you know so we're out front of whatever venue or down the street from the venue and we're you know it's four in the afternoon drinking warm beer everyone's showing up everyone's showing up it's like oh this is so-and-so this is so-and-so this is so-and-so oh i brought i brought my costume i brought this i brought like some cans to bang you know just like (laughs) i was like it was kind of like a wonderful like oh wow here's this group of people completely different completely all over the place um and so like the age difference with i mean i think the oldest people were probably in their 70s and you know i they, love that and you know there were folks who were middle-aged and us you know youngins in our early 20s and it was just like damn you know we're all gonna be this like noise jamboree you know <laughs> like a family noise band and just like utterly destroy and make mayhem on the stage and you know walk away going well that was fun let's go get drunk and it's like okay i thought we already were but, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the uk I does it the corrected. uk they do it a little different no no no, yeah. no 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 we haven't given you the pint and a half or yeah. no no the liter and a half like yeah. or white star or whatever it was like just some toxin anyway um, slept on andy bolus's floor that night and uh, wow yeah. that's wow really that's exciting. really incredible yeah with, with with a sign in the bathroom saying please don't use the phone book as toilet paper but there was no toilet paper so what do you use the phone book <laughs> <laughs> and the london phone book's very big so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> fortunately so yeah um Andy, if you're listening, I hope you're well. <laughs> I hope your phone book's okay too. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we're we're well past that. But yeah, it's 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 actually yeah, it's it's funny to go down memory lane because, again, I mean, this is like, it's not memory lane because it 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 really freaking happened and and I you know there's a there's a real like there there's a lot of connection to uh, just this one film that was so pivotal, um, and it just you know. The I don't know if we can have the same sort of experience and like what that does to you. Like it, it for me, it gave me wanderlust. It just started planting mm-hmm. seeds in me. I mean, I kind of had that already because of my father who traveled a lot. But this was like, oh, I can travel and and maybe do weird my my weird shit from art school and like you know i can do that and so i started to do that and i was like oh i can do that and then and then you then you meet all these other then you, people yeah, and, and it's you like get, yeah. it just everyone feeds each mm-hmm. other you're with find, ideas yeah you're finding the communities and i mean it's still going on obviously i mean here we are in in los angeles yeah you know, doing it. this <laughs> yeah. is it's like nothing's changed it's yeah. gotten i hope better right because um, we can we can talk about it with equal parts love and critical distance and and also be like yeah, those I'm. I don't want to relive those times, but wouldn't it be great to. You know, uh, no, yeah, you know, yeah uh, no, it's cool. I'm. You know, I got to go home and feed the cat. You know? <laughs> the days of the eight week tour with ten people oh in one God. van. You know, uh, yes, I, I love. No, thank I love you. remembering those, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, just smell it now. Uh, I was just thinking of uh, many priceless moments of being on tour, and the, the only music that we could tolerate i think this was on another tour with uh with uh dom not condom dom uh, yeah right Prurient and uh enron and uh 
I, we were we were in 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 Dom's realm, you know, where it's like his van, his music, mm-hmm. and Ron was like, "Nah, I can't listen to it. Nah, I can't listen to it. Nah, no, 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 no." Oh my god! And, and so it was just like, I don't, I can't tell you how we the same Daft Punk over and over. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> it became like ritual, just like Ron's in the back sleeping, and Dom and I are just like bobbing our head to Daft Punk, kind of looking at each other, grinning like, "Yep, here we are again." Like, yeah, oh, we're, you know, it's great. just like, all right, you know, like three weeks in, and you know, you, you, you know, we haven't killed each other. It's like, all right, Daft Punk, we're lit, we're yeah. alive, <laughs> we're broke, we're alive, we're broke, we're alive. This this has broken me, but thank oh, God, that's amazing. Yep. When was that tour? Oh, four. That's when that's, I met you. That's, yeah, that's yeah, what that's I thought. I thought you played, played at yep. uh, Behind the Green Door. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely. That's right. Yeah. Did I meet? When yes, did I, meet I, I was definitely, we were definitely at that show. Yes. If we played or met, that would have been it. You were, know what I mean? Were but, you in Detroit? Were you up in yes, Ann Arbor? Yes, or in, in Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti at okay. the time. But, I, but okay. I, would, I was at that show. It was definitely... We would have certainly met. Mm-hmm. Um, the Green Door shows blend together a lot. They all yeah, blend together. Yeah, it, it seemed a little blendy. Well, and, yeah. especially, <laughs> and especially around that time, Ron was doing a lot of touring. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and Dom was, and so too. And so was Dom. Yeah. So sometimes I forget which tour was what and who was with who and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But that, that show is, you know, was... Yeah, that, that, that ye- those years were very blurry, I think. for I mean, because <laughs> it was also sort of like there was, the renaissance was starting to happen, you know, because of Wolf Eyes. And I mean, just like shit was really happening. Yeah. And, like, like, shit, people are getting signed, and we suddenly have like faster moving internet, and we can communicate about it. And yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And it was like, oh wow, wait, wait, what's going on? And you know, it was funny too because things also became a little bit factionalized. You know, I, I remember. I think that is when it started. I, I, in my mind, I remember least. like some of those shows. It was like, oh wait, um, someone just slammed me for for because I was costume noise. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, instead of yes. it being like that's your individual yeah. vision and thing and that's was, so cool. Right, you know? right. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like wait a minute. Oh, okay. So I'm going to you're going to lump me. I mean, I think the worst I mean, at the same time, it's sort of like a praise. It was like, uh, you're, you're, you're rainbow noise. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like damn straight. <laughs> I'm like, that, yeah, it's like, you know, that, that little, that stuff was happening. But uh, it's funny know. to think that what type of noise someone makes would be predicated on what clothes they're wearing. Right. No, it's or, true. Or what they yeah. look like on stage. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I mean, but I've had that in other places too, but in, in more gentle and funny ways, like, you know, playing in Finland and someone in, you know, the audience is like after the show, like we don't do what you do on stage. And, <laughs> and they, they, you're like, is that a comp? <laughs> and then there's like a little corner smile. I'm like, oh no, it's just Finland. No, it's cool. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just like you know that that was complimentary, but it's true. It's like you know, it's a different. It, it's it's they there's three hours of daylight. You know, in November, it's like you know, you're it's going to affect you, and it's going to affect your 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 noise. <laughs> yes, your sensibilities. Yep. I I think maybe when I was in my 20s, I did think that the clothes you wore and the if you costume noise, <laughs> whatever. Like I certainly had a little bit of that prejudice myself. Uh-huh. Uh, unwarranted though, you know, like it wasn't you, you, once you realize it doesn't actually matter <laughs> once you get over sort of the trappings of subgenre and micro genre mm-hmm. and styles and just start to listen to noise for noise. Mm-hmm. I think it's a different thing. I think it's how we all get into it unless we get directly into some subgenre. Yeah. And then maybe, uh, the mind starts to narrow a little bit when you find the specific things you like. Yeah. 
But oh I've yeah, been, we we all have our go-to. So right, but I, I think I, all of us have probably been listening to noise long enough that now it's like oh, it, it opens back up after a point where we're like, yeah, I just like noise. Yeah, dig yeah, it. Just well, I just appreciate the the options. Like, there's so many diverse options available, and um, people who like it. I like that we're hanging out with multiple generations like you hang out with 20 year olds you hang out with 70 year olds but like everybody kind of has the same thing in common and it doesn't matter what you're wearing and you know we can all appreciate the diverse backgrounds that we have and 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 honestly like nurture them and foster them because it's the spirit of like individualism well that's what it is it's 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 what i want to see is i want to see somebody's or a band's or projects i want to see that their individual ideas and their unique take on this whole thing. So it's, so you like, I wouldn't, I don't want to see, you know, I, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see voice crack doing like a power electronic set. That wouldn't make any sense. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to see voice crack doing their unique take on it. And that's what I, I mean, you know, speaking for myself, I probably, you know, I think I feel, we all feel the same. That's what I love. And that's what I look forward to. Like, yeah. If skin, I don't want to see skin crime wearing a costume. That wouldn't make any sense to me. But when you see, we, you we know, tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I but I want to see Smell and Quim, and I want oh, to see yeah. and I want to see Crank Sturgeon. I want to see Ron in the tie. You know, so it, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 about the individual expression and and you know the unique take on it. And that's what gets me excited. And it's artists. Like it's yeah. it's artists or anti-artists if people aren't comfortable with the term artist, <laughs> you know, but like it, it people expressing their vision and the, I think that's the important part. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So the last so maybe it's time to get to the vision. Speaking of vision, I think it's time to get to the to uh, we 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 come. By the way, this this film is about 45 minutes long. When it ended, I said that I felt it was about 5 minutes. I that was totally like surprised when it ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it flies by. Um, you could watch it again, though, in the, if you want it to be longer. I'd watch well, yeah, it again yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the footage and sound is still session. just as yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, when when I watched it with students, it was uh, it felt like I, an eternity, way yeah. too long. Like, oh, oh my God. God, what have I done? <laughs> but, um, Peter Lichty uh, did another film that is kind of in tandem with this one, to my mind at least. Um, one of the artists who's part of the larger voice crack crew, Roman Siner, um, he does a film. He did a film just on Roman um, called uh, Siner Suitcase. And that film, Siner's a visual artist. and Yeah, I'm, and, I'm loosely familiar with some and, of his work. And stuff blows up a lot. Um, and uh, and there's a that film is it's a it's a nice chaser to this one. Um, Signer suitcase definitely because I, I liked his uh, output was quite small as a director for mine. I mean, he didn't put out a lot of films. Um, and but this one has a it has a lot of a nice connection because of the you know it's like oh wait he's part of the voice crack crew and you're like but he has like this whole other like visual take um, but again like the that film is uh, it has the same sort of editing style of like you know the 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 stark with um, I love you know, that the, style the, the super close microphone with you know this other stuff there's talking in it because he's talking about his work a lot mm-hmm. but uh, but it's it's wonderful I yeah definitely 
catch that one too. Dig it out. I think I don't know if Drag City put that one out either. But. So we mentioned the VHS on Triple R from way back in 1993, and then in 2009, because this is an important film, we got a a large entity like Drag City did a DVD reissue of it, which is what we watched today actually, and it's just fantastic. Some gr- and with, with great liner notes, with too, a, so that's a, a nice thing to have. Yeah, a yeah, booklet with some yeah. awesome photos, lots of information. In fact, and since we're about to talk about the end of the movie, it sums it up beautifully on the back. Uh, and it says, uh, until, until before long, you find yourself groping in the dark when, underneath the water, you return back to the studio where the movie writes its own soundtrack. And what that means, the movie writing in its own soundtrack, is because... They have made some uh, photocell oscillators, photocell controlled oscillators that are taped at different points on the wall. And then (laughs) landscape and uh, sort of like, you know, B-roll, whatever footage from the movie is projected over these photo sensors and controlling different oscillators. So if it's more of a static shot, then the tones don't change. And then sometimes, you know, light will move in one area of... The, uh, on one of the photo cells and change it and sometimes it'll move on the others so you there's like a flag waving and some landscape footage and some sort of like just f- focusing on the ground and out the out the uh, window shots and all of it is controlling these oscillators because it's being projected on the photo cells that are controlling them and I had forgotten about that part completely when watching this and my I'm so inspired. Like my my it's heart so left. Cool. I was like, "What are they? Wait, what? That's what it's doing." They That's introduced them is? with <laughs> hand puppets, or like so. He just like you know shows you oh, what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, there's a little shadow, shadow puppet, puppet on oh, just to make God. sure it works through the yeah. like an empty projector, and then it and then they start playing the footage. It's so and you're like another, damn good. cool. Another yep. point in the watching when that when he does when he's doing the hand testing. I mean, all, all four of us are just like. Oh, like yeah, 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 we yeah. had that moment of like, oh yes, like <laughs> it's one of the coolest uses I've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> I want that. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing, and, and so I, I immediately immediately started talking over it and was like, "Have you ever made those? Why <laughs> you should do that? Why have you guys do that?" And no then, talking over the film. No yeah, talking. Yeah. Over the film. And then Mike said, "Shh." <laughs> so, like, do you, have you guys ever made those? Uh-huh. Really cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, along with getting into making contact microphones, like early on in discovering noise. There was a um, I think it was Furious, Furious.com or Furious Sound that had like a how to make a contact mic uh, tutorial on it in the maybe the late 90s. And I'd read I'd read that. And then uh, one of the other things I learned how to make were photocell with a 555 timer mm-hmm. yeah, as, yeah, a, yeah. as a simple oscillator that responds to light. And it's it's one of the like easier projects you can build yourself that like makes sound. Ooh. I'm trying to think where I got mine. I think it was an actual kit. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, oh, I, I, I think it was, it was almost like a joke kit. I think I got it through like allelectronics.com or something like that. And it was like, mm-hmm. no, no, it wasn't. It was another one. It was, a, it was like one of those scientific kits, you know, you buy, you can buy like ball bearings and blah, 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 and kids projects. And I was like, and it oh, was yeah. like, irritate your, your brother. This alarm will go off, you know, when, when the light is turned on. And so I, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> basically it was, it was the same thing. It was a photo cell and hooked up to a five, five, five chip. And when I, when I soldered it and I, you know, it took me like maybe four hours because it was right. like, you know, which side is, the, which color band is on the resistor, <laughs> da, 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 you know, got it. And I, and I, I was like, oh, I, what am I going to, oh, I'll just solder it onto a guitar jack, plugged it in, turned it on. It was like. I mean, the, the, <laughs> out, the, output, the output was probably a bit too strong. I yeah. mean, it was probably putting out. I still have it. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> it hasn't 
destroyed anything, but I, I'm very careful as to what I plug it into. Basically, you know, um, if you've got something plugged into, I mean, I don't think there was a, a capacitor or there wasn't anything between the battery and the output. So it was very loud. Um, oh. And it was like, it was like the loudest goddamn theremin you've ever heard in your life. It was just like, wow. And I was like, <laughs> cool <laughs> <laughs> alarm your brother uh, yeah. Uh, yeah then that's yeah but you it, it came with a little shitty speaker instead of you know they didn't tell you you could plug it into a guitar jack but i was like fuck the speaker i'm gonna <laughs> solder it to the guitar jack <laughs> and and I, I think i put on a little potentiometer on the battery so i could sag the sound and make it sputter and cough a little bit so it'd be like <laughs> and then you you know wow. take your hand away from it and it's like you know but uh, it's yeah. uh, that'd be fun to play with. <laughs> no, it makes it makes me just want to build some of those and try that same application because I can imagine you could do so much cool. You could put it in a box, and it. then when you open the box, it just wails on the box. <laughs> that would be great. But yeah, I mean, all these chips are a dime a dozen now. I mean, yeah. if you go on eBay, you can find them. And yeah, they I used all- to go into Radio Shack to buy them. Yep, yep. <laughs> they were always there in the little blister packs. Yep. I remember my yeah. I think my first homemade sampler was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, it, was, it, it wasn't wasn't one of the greeting card ones, you know, the greeting card that plays yeah. the dumb song. It yeah. was a little bit bigger than that. And I don't know why this was manufactured through Radio Shack for what purpose, because it was way too big to go into a greeting card. I think it was like record a message into a little box and give it to your mom. And you're like, yeah, yeah and press this button. But it was like, damn, this is a really good sampler. And 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 lo and behold, it was you know it was just like and I still have that one too. Oh, that's like so sew it into a stuffed animal. And yeah. it talks maybe, to maybe, you. maybe that's what it was. It <laughs> yeah. was something like that, and it had like the really <laughs> crappy buttons that always break. But um, I think Bob Zome, when he was running Audible Disease, turned me onto it. He's like, yeah, that chip. That's 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 you know buy that and uh, I think I bought like maybe three of them and then like two years later Radio Shack closed I was going to say do you remember going to Radio Shack oh, all the, the time I mean you you <laughs> mentioned you mentioned the yeah. Radio Shack four channel mixer I mean mm-hmm. First thing, first mixer I ever had. So many, I just bought that I, thing yeah, so that, many times. Yeah, I rebought it, rebought it, <laughs> yeah. broke it, bought Mine it again. Mine never broke. Uh, well, really? I think I was very, never. I was very, uh, very uh, aggressive. Yes, mm-hmm. things would get slammed. Mine was taped to my body. It was yes. covered in sweat. I mean, yeah. I think the worst thing I did was sweat, maybe pee on it, but um, <laughs> into it. But it still works. I don't use it, but I, I'm not getting rid of it. I think. Um, uh, who turned me uh, one of my art school friends uh, Andrew who made the split tape back in you know he was in a band called Slug Hog I don't know if you know Boston lore um, but uh, Slug Hog was this amazing two bass band with a stand up drummer um, and I was like Andrew and they were like heavy and noisy industrial you know early 90s just like cop shoot cop kind of like yeah in yeah. that vein just like you know super aggro and uh, they, they would have projections in the back and I was like man you you guys got it all together uh, i want to be in your band and um but he always was a, he was always pulling in samples and i was like what's that box he got he's like that's the radio shack four channel mixer and i was like <laughs> oh. how much are those he's like 25 bucks and i was like shit and that but it was the game changer because i was like oh suddenly it's not plug something into the guitar amp and unplug it and put in your other thing i was like oh i can mix <laughs> so i was like yeah. i can have radio contact mic tape player and crappy tabletop prepared guitar which is embarrassing um, <laughs> and, and that's probably my first tour which yeah 1997 so. which is documented on vhs yes, I, <laughs> please erode yeah <laughs> i really like that uh, sort of the punishment 
or the you know the like chore you were given for going on that tour was you to had be to be in the haters. <laughs> yeah, 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 That's yeah. how how what a, what a horrible punishment, what a horrible chore to be given. He's like you're paying everything for everything yourself, and uh, you're gonna be haters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, done. <laughs> yeah, wow. that's that's so cool. Yep. That was that was amazing. Yeah, it's part of part of the resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. I, yeah, it's it, he should have a haters convention where you know anyone who was a hater or a prop human as a hater. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we 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 joined when we did the uh, Win Lick Dirt episode and played all the Win Lick Dirt releases we were in for about three minutes yeah. so we <laughs> that was nice that, yeah. was a, that, was a, that was a very nice intro to the episode yeah, yeah. it was a treat yeah it was yeah. um but wow what a fun this was so cool yeah thank this you was for so, coming so out for cool this. This oh awesome. absolutely thanks for having me um, we it's, definitely it's uh, such a treat so i yeah we're gonna have to have you back i'm already thinking about yeah why stop we definitely uh we like to you you know let the guest do uh, a pl- plugs as they were. So where can people uh, get your stuff? Where can they kind of keep up to date with your shows? All that kind of stuff. It's funny in the in the age of Google when you Google your own website and it doesn't show it up. It doesn't show you're up. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> why have they spurned me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, internet giant. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's there on my website crankstergeon.com. But of course, you know I'm I I you and I we keep in touch on Instagram yes, or there's exactly. Facebook. There's every you know it's it's all the uh, the usual. I have my shop up on Etsy. Not to I know this podcast is brought to you by your contact mics. We mentioned this early, and I have bought uh, plenty of crank sturgeon contact mics myself, and. Uh, have used them and and have uh, ones that I still use. They're, you know right the, on, the ones I make are for uh, the purpose I make them for. But yep. they're, I think if you only own one contact mic, you're probably not doing it right. Yeah, <laughs> I want to your shop. And, yeah, and definitely. Uh, if, you, if you like this talk, check out the bonus episode that we're going to be recording here yeah. after this episode. <laughs> well, please, there's going to be a lot more uh, a lot more uh, talk on that kind of stuff. Don't just buy my contact mics and stuff. Buy some from Crank too. Uh, that's, that's right. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, like we can share and share. Really. I mean, yeah. We're, we're, yeah, we're there. It's what I love about, um, a lot of the, uh, the noise community, especially like a lot of us are building stuff. There's not, um, I mean, sure it's, there's competition, but it's not ruthless. It's like, it's like, no, it's props to you. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's, let's get the word out for everybody so we can, it's like a show, you know, it's like, you don't want people to fail. You want everyone to, you, you know, cause we're in such a little tiny freak kingdom and we got to like keep each other strong. So um, yeah, it's all about supporting each other and hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, and, and that's, I mean, you know, I really fell down the, the Etsy rabbit hole because there's so many people building like just insane little like noise, synthy weird things. And you're just like, Oh dang. Oh, I dang. had no that's idea. Cheap. I'm really that's excited right. to look now. <laughs> that's really cheap. Cause you know, you could go yeah. somewhere else and spend, I don't know. I mean, to get those sounds, you know, you see people with their their incredible, beautiful, like droolable modulars, and it's like this person's building something that does all of that for like three hundred dollars or two hundred dollars or maybe fifty bucks, and it's got an oscillating da 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 da, and wow. you're like, you're 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 you know, this shit's real. It's like it's it's all people doing it in their garages or wherever their you know their backyard if you, the weather's good. <laughs> so yeah, support each other. Yeah, so. and I also have to uh, say that 
Crank Sturgeon's recent uh, compact disc, Marsh a Noise. Oh, right, from mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Love Earth Music. Yeah. Is, that came out last year, maybe something like that? Re- relatively recent, right? Well, yeah, it kind of came out right as I was moving here. Yeah, it is. That Steve, it, who was from here, put out. It so. is an excellent CD. Thank you. And we will certainly have a link up on our show page and everything. Yep. So everyone go uh, pick that up, support Crank. Support noise. Support noise. Keep listening to noise. <laughs> Support yes. the underground. That's right. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices. And by our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra. On the web at noiseextra.com. There's one E in all of those. And on Twitter at Noise Extra. That one has three A's. Thank you for listening to us and to Noise.